Week five was all sorts of the good, the bad, and the ugly. The Texans beat the Steelers on the day that JJ Watt gets put into the ring of honor. That was good. The Dolphins get harshly brought down to earth. That was bad. And the Giants don't seem to know how to protect their quarterback and Daniel Jones can't do anything about it. That was very ugly. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of NFL Study Hall. I'm your host, Cade Chumslin, and we had a rough one in week five, but honestly, a lot of the things that went rough, I'm honestly okay with and would have actually preferred, just didn't see it happening. Today we're going to do things a little bit differently. I do want to go over a few big games from week five, but we're already into Wednesday, so we need to start talking about the future, getting into week five uh, getting into how the rest of the season is going to look for some of these teams who honestly might have already established themselves as the best in the league or have committed to getting that number one pick in the 2024 NFL draft. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the eight division leaders and whether they actually are worthy of that title or if someone else is just delaying their dominance a little. But let's get into some of the bigger matchups that happened in week four. And the first, obviously, you got to talk about the Dolphins and the Bills. The Dolphins coming off a historic week in week three, uh, beating the Denver Broncos 70-20. to And then the script got flipped pretty quickly on this team. The Buffalo Bills beat them 48-20. to And if you remember from last week, this was the hardest matchup for me to pick because of how dominant and how effective the Bills had been in the previous two weeks, but I just couldn't ignore the facts that the Dolphins were riding so high with their offensive prowess and the Bills had kind of played some bad teams. But this game honestly does not surprise me. The Bills have had the Dolphins number except one time last year when they played in Miami. This was perfect conditions for the Bills. Beautiful weather. They were coming in as probably the underdogs in a lot of people eye, people's eyes, and they just decided to punch them in the mouth. Their defense was exquisite with their strategy on how to play Tyreek and how to play Tua. They were just more demanding on offense. The Dolphins really couldn't tackle. I mean, that one, that first touchdown or that second touchdown by Stefan Diggs is just something out of this world, and the Dolphins couldn't do anything about it. Stefan Diggs is finally getting his touches. Josh Allen is looking like the MVP this year. He's having an unbelievable year. It's, I'm again, I'm not really surprised. I mean, Josh Allen combined for total five touchdowns. He went 21 of 25, 324 TDs, QBR of 88.9, and a rating of a perfect 158.3. I believe he was the first person to ever go plus 300 four or five total touchdowns and a perfect rate or no second person ever Aaron Rodgers did it back in I believe 2011 I mean this to me Josh Allen we just ignore his first game and he is the clear MVP this year their running game is doing what they need to do even though it's kind of just been the Josh Allen show and their defense is doing their thing right now am I worried about the Dolphins a little bit 
They need to be able to play these bigger teams for sure. They've kind of been beating up on bad teams, but they head home for two easy teams again. Again, their their schedule is a little bit easier. But this game really just got away with them with a few turnovers and some in of like unaffected plays in the second half because they f- they scored on their first two drives. This this score was 14 to 14, I believe after the first quarter. So it's not like the Dolphins were completely out of it from the start. No, it was 14-14 midway through the second quarter. So it's not like the Dolphins were completely out of it, but it did seem like at the end of the fir- at the end of the first half Going into the second half, they were down 17 points already because the the Bills just kind of took over from there. They weren't really to get anything more going. Devon Achane did pretty good in this one. Eight carries, 101 yards. But, I mean, the Dolphins were only able to rush the ball total 19 times because Tua had to throw the ball 35 times. Are the Dolphins still a great team? Absolutely. But their defense is going to really need to work on their secondary. They need to start tackling. They're desperately needing Jalen Ramsey here. I I think the Dolphins' defense will be considered differently once Jalen Ramsey is back on the field, which I believe is weeks 11 or 12, something like that. Uh, It's definitely going to come down to him and him ramping up this defense. The front four is okay right now. They could be applying, applying a little bit more pressure, but it's that secondary that worries me the most. But the the Bills are coming out firing. Uh, then you have the Sunday Night Football game, which was the Kansas City Chiefs versus the New York Jets, and one in which the Kansas City Chiefs got very lucky, scoring on their first three drives of the game, 17 points, or 17-0 after the first quarter, and then the Jets started piling it on. You had that big safety in the end zone that really turned the tide. Jets got back into a one-score game, would stay there for the rest of the game, this is I need to I need to address something. I'll get to Zach Wilson and Patrick Mahomes in a second, but there the referees were being highly uh, criticized after this game. The holding call at the end there, where Patrick Mahomes rushed the ball for like twenty yards to seal the game, and there was that massive holding call. That one the refs did miss. The one that irks me the most that people are having problems with is the Sauce Gardner holding call when they had that Hughes interception with about four minutes to go. If you break down that play frame by frame, because there's two big criticisms. One, is it a holding call in general? Two, why did the ref wait till after the interception to throw the flag? Seems kind of sus. Would he have thrown it if there wasn't an interception in the first place? What's going on? That play is completely fine 100% all the way around. Here's the thing. One, is it a holding call? Yes. His hand got behind the helmet and impeded the runner from making his move. That's a holding call, guys. I know Sauce Gardner tweeted out that like my hand slipped to the back of his shoulder pad. That's still a holding call. I, that That's still a holding. By definition, for a secondary, that's a hold. You're, you're impeding, especially that high up on his shoulder pads, and... It was roughly six yards away from the line of scrimmage, not five, but still, it's a holding call. That I don't, I don't understand why that's an argument. The thing about the ref, if you go frame by frame, his hand and his motion for pulling that flag is already happening 
when the ball is in the air. The reason he didn't throw the flag right then is because the play was coming to him and he wanted to see what happened in the play to make a call if he needed to before he threw that flag. So here's the thing. When you throw a flag in the NFL, you have to throw it pretty close to where the flag or the penalty actually happened. That was about 10 yards downfield to his left and the play was coming right at him to the right. If he would have thrown that flag where he needed to, he might have missed what actually happened to the play. So he has his hand on the flag, working on getting it out of his pocket, looks at the play to make sure he sees the happen. Because let's just say, like there were three guys on that ball. Let's just say it's a tip ball, ball gets close to the ground, and he has to make a call on whether it was a completed catch or not. He's got to be able to make that call and then throw that flag. As soon as he saw the interception happen, the guy was running away from him. He threw the flag to make sure it was on the field. Everything was okay in that plat on that play. He's not biased towards the chief. He was just doing his job. I like the call. I like the play. The Jets, though, are not in as much of a world of trouble as we think if we can get the Zach Wilson we saw on Sunday night. 28 of 39, 245 yards, and two touchdowns. And majority of that happened after his first three drives where he was getting sacked. He was making bad decisions, bad throws. He missed two end zone shots that he should have made. People are saying that this game shouldn't be all on the shoulders of Zach Wilson. I disagree. You had two blatantly good touchdown passes in the end zone. Like it's it's on you to make those throws happen. But I don't think we should kill him for the future. I'm excited. Now, I'm, I'm now excited to see what happens. I absolutely loved what Chris Jones said at the end of the game when you had Rodney Harrison trying to blow up Zach Wilson. And Chris Jones was like, nah, man, this kid's a good player. You just got to let him have time. We liked what we saw from him tonight. Like, res huge respect from Chris Jones. Like, coming into the league, this is just his third game of the year. It was just his third game of the year. Classy, classy act from a... For a quarterback who honestly, let's just be honest, has genuinely struggled in this league. I don't I don't think I think anyone unbiased can say that that Zach Wilson has genuinely struggled. But the fact that Chris Jones had that man's back and is is rooting him rooting for him to do well in this league was was really, really cool to see from the guy. For the Chiefs, this is a very similar position to where I saw the Chiefs in 2021 when they really saw their offense struggling and they couldn't run the ball whatsoever and everyone was kind of in an uproar about what was going to happen. They have a lot better of a chance running the ball this year. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco, I think, had 115 yards this week, so I'm not worried about that. But, can, but Patrick Mahomes has definitely played poorly and it really doesn't seem like he has any weapons to go to and he's just messing it up. I think of this a lot. I say two years ago, because I was reminded of a clip on NFL Live by Mina Kimes, or where Mina Kimes looked at everyone on the desk and said, I think the offense is fine. And then Dan Orlovsky and Marcus Spears were all in an uproar about it. Um, that was about a third. That was October 26th that clip came out. That was about a third of the way through the year. And that same Chiefs team made it to the AFC Championship to ultimately lose, ultimately lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. But... Mina Kimes ended up being correct. The Kansas City Chiefs 
were fine. They they had it, and in the divisional round that year, they put up one of the best offensive performances against the Buffalo Bills we've ever seen, right? So this is where I think the Chiefs are. I think they're fine. They're 3-1 and one on the year. You look at the two interceptions that Patrick Mahomes had, they were lazy, lackadaisical toss-ups. I think Andy Reid's going to get in Patrick Mahomes' face about that. I think he's going to let him have it, and you're going to see a much different Chiefs offense, a much more poised Chiefs offense when they go and play Minnesota next week. Not too worried about the Chiefs. And then I kind of have to mention the Houston Texans because they just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 30-6 to on the same day that J.J. Watt goes into the Ring of Honor, and then they beat down on J.J.'s little brother, T.J., who had no pressures on C.J. Stroud, no sacks for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Houston Texans, I mean, they were able to run the ball pretty well. Nico Collins, huge breakout game, couple of touchdowns, 168 yards. C.J. Stroud continuing his streak of games without an interception. He had over 300 yards in this game, too. I am really, really trying to keep my hopes down on this game. But at the same time, we're finally putting up points. We're finally shutting down teams up front. Secondary is looking amazing. I'm getting kind of excited about this Houston Texans team, which I told myself I wasn't going to do. And honestly, there's still a long road ahead of us. We have a lot of things that we need to clean up. However, I could make the argument that we can, and I'm not going to say we will, no shot. We're 2-2 two and two on the year. I would be blessed if we went 7-10 and 10 to finish the year. But there is a legitimate argument that we can beat every other team on our schedule. I'm going li- to just quickly read you off the rest of the Houston Texans schedule and you tell me who they cannot beat. Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Bucks, Bengals, Cardinals, Jaguars, Broncos, Jets, Titans, Browns, Titans, Colts. There is not a single team on here that I believe is a surefire loss. Bengals, I would have said at the beginning of the year, but not anymore. Browns, you could easily make an argument for, but I've seen them fail. I think we can beat any team in our division. The Bucs is definitely going to be a tough one. They've played really well, but honestly, their only huge win is against the Minnesota Vikings, who have just naturally struggled this year. The Jets used to be surefire too, not anymore. I There are so many teams. like We just beat the Jaguars and the Steelers. I think... And we've put up close games against the Ravens and the Colts. I, I think that gives us validation to have a chance at all of these games. Is my expectations high, like a winning season? Absolutely not. But it's looking very cool. All right, guys. So now that we've gone through some of the bigger highlights of week five, let us look into how these divisions stand and especially the division leaders. Let's go with the AFC East. We're currently tied between the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins, but because the Buffalo just beat Miami, they hold sole possession of first place. And I really don't think there's too much I need to get into that I already haven't. I got Josh Allen as my current MVP favorite. We're getting Vaughn Miller in the upcoming week because he just started practice with the team again. They got the 
pretty easy schedule coming up, let's just be honest. The Jaguars, who haven't played well, the Giants, the Patriots, the Bucks, a struggling Bengals, Broncos, Jets. I mean, they they should be cruising from here on out for at least most of the way. They finished their schedule fairly tough, but they should be able, while it's still warm outside, they'll be able to handle themselves pretty well. I think they are the division favorites. I know that the Dolphins have an equally easy schedule coming up, so I'm not going to say that the Bills are a surefire division lead. It genuinely might come to that Week 18 game in Miami against the Buffalo Bills that could ultimately decide it. But right now, the Buffalo Bills are the better team. Going to the AFC North, it's currently the Baltimore Ravens, who also sit at 3-1, and one. Steelers at 2-2, two and two, Browns at 2-2, two and two, and the Bengals sit at 1-3. The Ravens, I feel like this past week was the first time I thought to myself, oh yeah, this is the Ravens team we're looking for. They kind of struggled early on against the Texans because their their wins against the Texans, Bengals, and Browns. Struggled against the Texans. Close matchup that they played well but could have made it a wider gap. Lost to the Colts in a terrible game. Come out to Cleveland and just beat the brakes off of the the Cleveland Browns. Granted, Deshaun Watson wasn't in this game, but still, their rush game had no effect. Uh, Baltimore, or Lamar Jackson was all over the place. Two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, 142.5 rating. This was the defense we wanted to see. This was the offense we wanted to see. Definitely would have been a different game had Deshaun Watson been in. But ultimately, when you look at that amazing Cleveland defense, I think that Baltimore would have still had their way. Mark Andrews with two touchdowns. I mean, this is what we like to see from Baltimore. And wait till OBJ comes in. I, I still don't think Baltimore has utilized all of the weapons on their team to their full capacity especially in the passing game zay flowers has obviously been solid mark andrews finally got his big breakaway game but obj is not there again i think the baltimore ravens are the best team in this division and i do think they'll stay the best team unless since can figure stuff out i still have no trust in pittsburgh i'm losing trust in cleveland if they keep having injuries since has the most potential to come out and take over that division But if Baltimore can play like they just did on Sunday, don't think anyone's touching them. Let's go to the AFC West. Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Chargers, Las Vegas Raiders, Denver Broncos. This is actually the division with the least amount of total wins in the division with only seven. Everyone else has at least eight. Kansas City's at three and one. Los Angeles is at two and two, although they've had back-to-back victories. Raiders and Broncos are both at one and three. The Chiefs have this division, like I said, not worried about them. There'll be some great games against Los Angeles Chargers later this year. The Chargers have definitely struggled. Big news from them lately. Uh, Actually, today, they trade J.C. Jackson back to the Patriots, which will be great for the Patriots. And it really just seemed like J.C. never had a chance in Los Angeles, even though he was one of the best cornerbacks in the entire league when he went over to L.A. He's going back to his old roots. I really hope he does well. I loved him as a player when he came to L.A., he just never really found his stride. And so the Chargers, I mean, they, they allow a lot of points. And they also have a firehouse defense. Or they have a firepower offense. 
But this is just this is KC's division to lose. They have the defense to back it up now. They have allowed the least, the second least, or hold on, let me check my facts first. They're tied for the third least amount of points allowed in the entire AFC, and they've put up over 100 points already this year. I'm really liking what I'm seeing. From Kansas City overall, I mean, I'm not really liking it, but again, it's KC 3-1. They'll do their thing. The biggest questions when it comes to a division is definitely the AFC South. Everyone sitting at 2-2 includes the Colts, Texans, Jaguars, and Titans. The Colts have beaten the Texans. The Texans have beaten the Jaguars. Jaguars and Titans will play this week, and the Titans haven't played anyone in the division so far yet. Who's the favorite to come out of this? Dead honest, don't know. I could make an equal argument for all of these teams. At first, I was going to be a surefire and not the Titans until they came out and just beat up on the Cincinnati Bengals 27-3. The Jacksonville Jaguars, in my mind, had this division taken care of, but now they've lost to both the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. Texans have won two in a row out of nowhere, beating the Jaguars and the Steelers pretty handily, I might add. And the Indianapolis Colts have had huge wins against the Texans and the Ravens, and then almost in overtime came back to beat the Los Angeles Rams. If you were to ask me, I think right now it's the Indianapolis Colts if they can all stay healthy. Jonathan Taylor comes this week. He wants to play on the team now. He's coming back into practice. We'll see how they use him. But with Taylor coming in, their defense has actually stepped up surprisingly for the most part, I should say. They've had their moments and the offense has been able to score. I think the division stands right now as kind of what it is. Colts, Texans, Jaguars, Titans. Jaguars could definitely catch fire. We know they have the offense to do it. They've just not really been succeeding. If Derrick Henry keeps playing the way he does and that Titans defense is good, Titans could make a run at it. The Texans are on the little bit of a Cinderella story right now. I really don't know what to think of any of these teams, but if you had to put a gun to my head and say what I was going to have as a division winner, I would say the Indianapolis Colts. On to the NFC. It's a little bit more straightforward than the AFC. I got the NFC East, Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys, Philly sitting at 4-0, Dallas sitting at 3-1. We're going to talk about the Sunday Night Football game between Dallas and San Francisco. I have some interesting takes on that. But honestly, I don't think we're giving Dallas enough credit, okay? Dallas has only allowed 41 points on offense, and 28 of those were to the Arizona Cardinals. They've put up 124 points. Their defense has scored as much as their offense this year. And that offense, we obviously know, can do some damage. It hasn't done it yet, but Dak has only thrown one interception all year. That's if he keeps that going, we're through four weeks, right? He's only really going to throw four or five if he keeps that up. That's glorious for this Cowboys team. Tony Pollard has definitely not stepped up in the run game enough, and they cannot score in the red zone. But these are things they have the potential to fix. Their defense is the best in the NFL. Their division with Commanders and Giants is fairly easy. They're going to put up some good fights against the Eagles because I'm not convinced the Eagles are good enough to hang with them. I Everyone is hitting on the Cowboys because they're going to choke when the big moments happen, which is possible. They could just get blown up by San Francisco. But they're still right in the same exact position they need to be in. Will they win their division? There is potential they can because of the games between Philadelphia and Dallas. Philadelphia, man, listen, they have allowed too many close games. Overtime victory versus the Commanders. 
Uh, they beat the Bucks pretty good, but they allowed the Vikings to come back, and they nearly lost to the Patriots in Week 1. Jalen Ramsey has played okay, but he's only had five touchdowns, and he's thrown three interceptions, and he's gotten sacked 11 times. Offensive line is definitely not doing their job like we thought we were going to do before the season started. Some definitely some pluses are that the run game is back in order. DeAndre Swift, one of the best in the league so far with 364 yards and two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts has three rushing touchdowns of his own. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, they're doing their thing, man. But the passing game has definitely not impressed me. And so they're going to need to figure that out. And their defense is doing all they can. But again, this does not seem like a team that is dominating on both levels. They're just somehow getting wins. And until they play a team that really can test both sides of the ball, which isn't really, I think, going to happen until week seven against the the Miami Dolphins. Now, they will host the Dolphins, so that's nice. But until that comes, we're just going to see some rough wins come for the Eagles against the Rams and Jets in the next two weeks. But I'm very curious to see what happens week seven against the Dolphins, where they're going to get thrown at with a ton of offense, and their defense and their and their offense is going to get severely tested. I'm honestly kind of in a toss-up in the NFC East. We'll go to the NFC North. We've got the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Chicago Bears. Bears are obviously done. There's no chance they're going for the number one pick. Vikings, I think, are too much in a hole, too much of in a hole to actually get out and compete for this division. Green Bay is going to be doing exactly what they're doing right now. They came back to earth. They're now two and two in the year. I think they'll somehow finish eight and nine, nine and eight overall. But these Detroit Lions definitely stepped up in a huge way. Two back-to-back blowout victories, and their one loss came in overtime. They've got the Panthers coming up, then the Bucks. They're, those are some pretty decent tests, or at least the Bucks are, and then the Ravens after that. Really like what I'm seeing from the Lions. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery have been an unbelievable duo running back in the backfield. Uh, David Montgomery with five touchdowns on the year. Jared Goff with over 1,000 yards. He has six touchdowns, three interceptions. Monroe St. Brown is doing well. That defense is stepping up like we hoped they would. I mean, this is just a really solid team. There are plenty of weaknesses because... Obviously, that defense can get stuffed on the rush game, and we haven't really seen what the what the Detroit Lions need to do when they just pass the ball the whole game, the whole time. Uh, but that defense has definitely allowed some points. We saw 37 put up on them against the Seattle Seahawks. But I, I mean, this is this is exactly the Lions team that I thought we were going to see. Three and one, leading the division, looking solid. And I believe they'll continue to win this division and compete in the playoffs if they have to play a Dallas team or even the Seahawks again in that wild card game. I think they have a good shot of winning it. Onto the NFC South, still close. Bucks have pulled out in front. Great victory against the New Orleans Saints last week. Really came back to just dominate. I mean, look at look at Baker Mayfield, man. He is playing class act football right now. Only 182 yards, but he's had seven touchdowns and only two interceptions. And he's only been sacked four times this year. He's getting great protection. He's nearly at 70% completion percentage. The running game has not been a ton, but Mike Evans is playing his best game 
I mean, we're only a quarter of the way through the season. He's got 337 yards again, going for his 10th straight 1,000-yard season. Baker's playing well. They definitely can crumble against a good defense, which we saw against the Philadelphia Eagles. But compared to the rest of their divisions, Falcons played atrocious against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Saints can't play any good teams. And Bryce Young is not failing, but he's just not... They're not giving him a chance to succeed because they have no rush game and no pass protection in Carolina. They're 0-4 on the season. This definitely the Bucks' division to lose. Very curious to see if they can keep it up against... I mean, when they go and play some solid teams, we'll really see what they're made of. They got the Lions this week. That's going to be interesting. Or no, they have a bye this week, I should say. Sorry. You get the Lions the following week, but later in the schedule, you'll see the Bills, you'll see the Texans, you'll see the Titans, you'll see the 49ers, the Colts, the Packers, the Jaguars. Everyone besides their division is going to be a tough task for this team. I think this will be a lot like last year where they finished at around 9-8, and 10-6, and six, and ultimately win their division. And for the last division, you got the San Francisco 49ers, my team, the best, in my opinion, the best team in football. Best combination of offense and defense. Brock Purdy is playing fantastic. Christian McCaffrey is having an MVP caliber season. He's leading every single statistical category you could imagine for a running back. Most yards, most touchdowns, or most total touchdowns, most carries. It's just, it's unbelievable. He has one less carry than Brock Purdy has completions this year. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Brock Purdy hasn't thrown an interception all year. He's at 112 attempts. I I don't see a weakness in this team. They're, the only thing I haven't seen is when Brock Purdy has to throw the ball 40 times because he only has to throw the ball like 25 or 28, I, I think the stat is. He only has to throw the ball roughly 28 times. So we'll see what happens when he has to throw the ball like 50 times or something like that. But I genuinely don't think they're going to have to. I think Christian McCaffrey is that good. Their offensive line is obviously fantastic for the rush defense, for the rushing game their defense has allowed less than 60 points all year and they've put up at least 30 points or more every game this season especially in the nfc they're going to win more so in their division even though the seahawks are playing very well and i do think the seahawks will be a division team it's going to be interesting to see what happens when they play each other but i am i've never been higher on the san francisco team and again i have them in as my best team in the nfl which leads to my weekly top five teams I'm going 49ers one bills man bills have jumped up in a huge way this year i got them at two very close to becoming number one eagles i have to respect the 4-0 even though i'm very doubtful in what they can do the chiefs at number four their offensive struggles have definitely hurt them but again i'm not so worried and i'm loving the defense and the dolphins just got completely exposed this weekend and i think that there are some easy ways they can be taken down if you take out their run game take out tyreek hill and be able to figure out to a some good defensive schemes can take out this team and i really don't think they have as good of a defense as we think but it's still solid so i got the same five, top five teams last year or as last week i got 49ers bills eagles chiefs dolphins going into week six picks because i'm not gonna be able to do an episode tomorrow so let's just rattle through or week five picks i should say thursday night football chicago versus the washington commanders i was about to say football team again 
Uh, listen, Commanders have put up some great fights this year. They're two and two on the year. They've beaten the Cardinals and or they've beaten the Broncos and I believe the yeah the Cardinals was the other team. Okay, trust yourself. Beating the Broncos and the Cardinals put up great fights against the other teams they've played, uh, including last week, which was the overtime game against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to say they take down the winless team 31-20. Another London game, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Buffalo Bills. Even though the Jacksonville has actually stayed in London, this will be back-to-back games in London for the Jaguars. Buffalo is just coming off too much of a high. I think they'll be able to adjust to the time zone difference fairly easily. Buffalo should Buffalo should dominate 34 to 17. Houston versus Atlanta. I hate to say this, but I'm actually going to pick the Texans. And if I if the Texans lose this week to the Falcons, I'm never picking the Texans again. I just I don't even care if they go on to win every game this year. If I don't pick them and they win, that's that is perfectly fine with me. But you look at the last 2 weeks their offense have def- has definitely hit another level, and their defense up front putting up great pressure, and their secondary is allowing nothing. Atlanta, Bijan is doing everything he can, but there's absolutely no passing game right there with Desmond Ritter. He allowed a pick six last week. Houston could potentially have that this week. I'm taking the Texans 28 to 20. Carolina Panthers versus the Detroit versus the Detroit Lions. Biggest blow of the week. Detroit coming off a huge scoring route against the Green Bay Packers. Carolina can't find anything offensively. I'm taking the Lions 40 to 14. Tennessee Titans versus the Indianapolis Colts. Really, really. Oh, sorry. Tennessee is playing Indianapolis. I was wrong earlier in the episode. Indianapolis is playing super solid. Tennessee is coming off a huge blowout. When it comes to game by game, Indianapolis has definitely been more consistent and in more competitions, even though Tennessee has the same record and have had bigger blowouts. They're equally likely to go down to three points as they are to score 30 points. I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts at home in a close one, potentially overtime, 28 to 24. New York Giants versus Miami Dolphins, another blowout here. The Giants just look absolutely pitiful right now. Daniel Jones, I mean, I called this when this happened. When they paid Daniel Jones, I said they needed to have paid Saquon Barkley, and good thing that was the case. Miami Dolphins coming back home with a vengeance, need to get back on a scoring rhythm, 37-13 to Dolphins. New Orleans Saints, New England Patriots, great rivalry from a few decades ago, uh, but either neither team is doing well right now. I am going to take the Saints in a nice close one. Every game with the Saints, I feel like, has been close this week, kind of except last week. But they have just had the better defense. It, it They've just had a little bit better than both sides of the ball than the New England Patriots. I'm going to say they win 20-17. to 17. Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh came out and did absolutely nothing last week. Their offense can't score to save their lives. Their defense is doing all they can. But honestly, they're probably just getting tired right now. Baltimore's on a scoring high. I'm going to take the Ravens 23-10. to 10. Philadelphia Eagles, Los Angeles Rams. Listen, the Rams have kind of surprised me this year with how well they've been able to compete. And while I think it's going to be an amazing close matchup, I just can't get myself to pick the Rams. I'm taking the Eagles 24-20. to Cincinnati Bengals versus the Arizona Cardinals. Listen, I think Cincy's going to win this game, but it's going to be ugly and it's going to be close. And honestly, Arizona could easily win this game if they can play as well as they did against the Dallas Cowboys two weeks ago. Since he's got to figure something out with Joe Burrow, he's playing the worst football he's ever played in his entire life. But as soon as I pick against him, I think it's going to happen their way. I'm taking Cincinnati 17-16. to 16. 
New York Jets versus the Denver Broncos. What I thought was going to be an amazing close game has turned out to be a game between one and three teams. Zach Wilson played amazing last week. If he can keep that up, Jets have this game. I will take the Jets, trusting Zach Wilson, 23-20. to Kansas City Chiefs versus the Minnesota Vikings. I said earlier in this production that I think Kansas City Chiefs are going to have a much different offense next week after they get their act together and start wanting to play football and wanting to score. Minnesota's defense has not impressed me at all this year. I'm taking KC 30-20. to The game of the week next week, Sunday Night Football, obviously between the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. I think the Dallas Cowboys will make this an amazing close game. This is the toughest defense the San Francisco 49ers have played all year. It's also the toughest defense that Dallas has played all year. I'm not going against my streak that the San Francisco 49ers will score 30 points. One of them, or multiple, will probably come on the defensive side, but I'm taking the 49ers 30-23 to in a great close matchup. Monday Night Football, Green Bay Packers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Packers coming off a tough Thursday night loss, but they have a whole extra few days to work on this. Raiders haven't impressed, have not impressed me whatsoever this year. Well, I do think it'll be close. I'm ultimately taking the Green Bay Packers 27 to 24. We went nine and seven last week in picks. We're currently at 10 and six on average for the entire year, which is at 62 and a half percent. We're just a few percentage points away from where we were last year. Just keep the pace going. I love these picks this week. Loving that you guys are sticking with me for this entire year. Make sure to check out my social media for all my game picks and my polls. And we'll catch you guys next week. Peace out.